and welcome to episode number 40 of Basha's Thoughts. Today I'd like to talk to you about the Make Sense game. This is something that I have been focusing on lately. I've been creating a website and on it I'm going to put this game as well. The website is bashapihochinska.com and in just in case you didn't get that and wanted to, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So this is a website where I'll be putting all the things that I'm interested in, things that I've been thinking about, things that I have been creating. Right now I'm also in the process of putting up my bioenergetics character test on the website and a bunch of other things. The website isn't fully functional yet, but slowly it's getting there. And on it, I'm also planning on putting my Make Sense game. So what is this? Well, if you've been listening to the last couple of podcasts, you'll kind of know what it's about. It has to do with the unifying and transcending dynamics that we talked about last time in episode 39. And it has to do with the idea that right now we're living in a world where it is often difficult for us to actually be free, to feel free, to feel creative, to be able to be ourselves and the best version we can be to be able to have satisfying, deeply satisfying relationships, to be able to have meaningful conversations with people, to be able to feel that we're leading a meaningful and satisfying life where we are free and able to be the best version of ourselves. And this has to do with a lot of things what we can see is that the systems that we have in place are systems that sort of always nudge us in a direction that perhaps is not of greatest benefit to all. And these systems are the systems that are leading to massive destruction when it comes to the planet, when it comes to our psyche, how we work as human beings. We've talked about that too in some episodes, so I won't go into those details. And so the question is, what can be done? How can we try to make some kind of a change that would help in all of these different areas? The areas of just personal growth, personal satisfaction, and also the areas of trying to solve the big problems that humanity is facing where it is starting to extinguish itself and other species. I believe we have a species disappearing every 20 minutes right now on Earth because of human activity. Because the systems we have in place are so strong, they already have a momentum going. It is difficult to affect change within them in the sense of, for instance, trying to pass a law and in that way affect change. That could seem like the best way of making change happen because 
then you're working within the system and you're creating a change coming from the top and affecting everyone else. But mm, this doesn't really work right now because things are so thwarted, so corrupt. And you could think, well, maybe we can do it from the market. Maybe we can create a company. And yes, we can do that. But that too has its problems because that is also within that same system. Well, then you could say, anarchy, let's throw everything away and start anew. Well, that kind of also is problematic when we look at what anarchists have been able to achieve, often there has been a lot of violence, death, and suffering involved. So maybe that's not the best way of going about it, and not sure that it would actually lead to anything other than just anarchy. People would probably not just organize themselves magically into something that has never happened before, where everybody can reach their fullest potential. So, how do you affect change? Well, since the idea of the new system is something where everyone has freedom and everyone has greater power, you could say, though power is not the focus here, actually it's the opposite. We're moving away from power and the idea of organizing through power and now we're moving towards organization through autonomy and bringing freedom and creativity to people, well then it might be helpful to create that kind of change from the people. And if we were able to create a way of interacting, that is a way in which everybody improves in every step. So everything we do is something that helps not only yourself, but others. If we had a way of finding out what that is, if we had a way of interacting with each other where we feel that we can be ourselves, we can be free, we're not waging war inside of us and we're not waging war between us. Instead, we're able to find what is in common and we're able to together use and apply our creativity and we're able to connect better with each other. We're able to connect in all ways in which people experience. And uh, I think it was two episodes ago that we talked about what is meaningful. And there we talked about the different modes in which we experience. So we have our thoughts, we have our feelings and emotions, and we have our senses. What if we could create something that actually connects us in all three ways, on all three levels, so that when we move towards connection, we actually feel greater meaning. We feel that we have a common basis to stand on and to work from. Well, this is kind of what I've been working on. And I've been thinking of creating a game that would help us, teach us to move in that direction. The idea is that 
the more you play the game, the more you automatically learn to focus on what actually matters. And it's a game, so it's fun and playful. And your probability of acting out of your ego or acting out of a very limited view, acting from selfishness, is diminished the more you play the game. And your ability to actually meaningfully connect to others increases. And your capacity to do that does so. If we can move to this other way of interacting, well, then all of a sudden we can start using systems in favor of creating a dynamics of flow where we move into a state of flow through interactions so that interactions with others bring us these insights and more insights and even greater insights so that it becomes a more efficient way of dealing with information because now instead of focusing on judgment, appearance, personal gain, we focus on what actually matters to all of us and how to improve it. And our systems of information are not as thwarted, are not as full of ego spin, misinformation. Instead, we are genuinely looking for that which is helpful for all. So it's a little bit, in a sense, like going back to the ancient idea of philosophy, cultivating your love of wisdom. The way that I've been going about this is I've been creating a game that is divided into three parts. So the first part is called Make Sense Mind. And when you play this game, the idea is to develop a way of mindfully interacting in ways that focus you in on what you have in common, what unites you and the other person, and then transcending it by using your creativity. So this is the unifying and transcending part. Another way of saying it and this is also a theme that moves through everything. Unifying and transcending can also be seen as opening and expanding. This is what we will tend to be doing in these situations. First, we open. When we open, that means that the barriers we have are opened up like a door that is opened up, or like a wall that disappears. And when a wall disappears, then also your identity shifts. You are no longer this isolated one. Instead, you open up. You are open to other ideas. You are more than you were before. And that kind of growth also brings about a sense of meaningful expansion and satisfaction. So by relaxing, by letting go, 
of sticking to particular ideas, to identifying with specific roles that you are playing, and opening up to other parts of yourself and other ideas in the part that is make sense mind, then you create a unification because you become one with other ideas and you are not fixated upon them. After that, you expand through creativity and that is also the idea of transcending through creativity. You become more. I believe that these are basic ways in which the universe works. And so this is why if we can align with that, then we can align with our highest expression of our potential. And so instead of focusing on what we know and sticking to what we know and fixating on what we know and worshipping what we know and protecting what we know, we identify as infinite potential. We identify as the learner. This makes us not as fearful, not as prone to war and not as prone to fighting. See, whenever we focus in on any particular part, when we identify with any particular role, then we make that very salient, we make that very important. And sometimes we even believe that this is what is. It is a little bit like using a map and believing that you live in the map instead of in the terrain that the map is representing. What you see on the map becomes important. And you might miss the birds that are on the way. You might miss so many other things that are just not on the map, but make all the difference. You might miss the sunset because it's not on the map. And whenever we focus in on things and we fixate upon them, that will eventually be our doom. That will eventually lead to problem. This is the problem of optimization. Wherever you focus in on a particular detail, a particular variable, or even a particular set of variables, and you try to optimize for them, you eventually end up creating quite perverse systems, like we have right now in the world, in our world of optimization for money, for instance. When you optimize for money, you end up creating systems that exploit other very important things and even people. And this is what we are seeing right now. And we have difficulty stopping ourselves from exploiting the whole world, from sawing off the branch on which we are sitting because the systems are so strong right now. So optimization is problematic, and this is actually wisdom that you even find in the Bible and in other religions. See, this idea that you should not worship other gods, why is this interesting? What kind of wisdom does this bring? Well, to worship 
other gods means that in some sense you can identify them because they are other than God. <laughs> See, whenever you have something that you can identify, that you can define, that you can describe, then you're kind of in the game of optimization and focusing on a particular thing and sticking to it. So if you worship other gods, then it is a bit like you are focusing in on variables that you can define and making them relevant. And they will hijack you into believing that this is what is relevant. And they will eventually lead you to create systems that are perverse and not good for you. So when you can identify God, then you've gone too far. Because then at some point, this will bring you down. And this is the same with you. The idea is that as long as you identify with any particular role and actually deeply stick to it, that will bring the problems, the greatest problems that you have in your life. So we always want to transcend, go beyond Yes, we play with the variables. Yes, we enjoy them. So we play the different roles, but we do not identify with them. We do not stick to them. We do not create final systems of optimization around them. We always transcend. This is the basic principle. And for me, it is the principle of the universe. There's always growth in a sense. But this growth, of course, does not mean <laughs> materialism and materialistic growth and always having more things. This is just one particular mode in which we can act. The principle of the universe, to me, is much greater. It is a little bit like always looking for the perpendicular, orthogonal direction. We have a tendency of creating opposites and extremes and we have a tendency of exploring them so we might have ideas of good and bad we might have ideas of heaven and hell we might have ideas about love and fear and so many other things and as long as we live in this paradigm that we have been in for a very long period of time, thousands of years, where we tend to fight and isolate. Well, as long as we are in that, we kind of stick to a one-dimensional, it's a, a line with two extreme points, and we do not transcend it, because what we do is we tend to defend, for instance, the good. And we say, well, I'm on the side of the good. And that over there is the bad. I have to fight it. I have to protect myself. I have to wage war. And so we wage wars. <laughs> people wage wars on cancer. People wage wars on drugs. And uh, wars on terrorism. Wars on all kinds of things. But all this does is keep us within that dimension, within that line, and it isolates us instead of uniting. So it is a very different way of 
interacting and being than this idea of finding a meaningful way that helps all at each step. Instead, you have a system of one person maybe winning a particular small game, but the other will lose. We also see this in teenagers. When you were a teenager, you might have felt that your parents had rules for you. And so you could have followed all the rules. You could have done exactly what your parents were telling you you should do the way you should do it. Or maybe, like perhaps most, you would create a revolution and you would say, no, I'm not going to be like my parents. I'm not going to do things like my parents. And you revolt. In this state, you may feel, well, now I am my own person. I can make my own choices. I will not do what my parents are saying. But of course, whenever you're reacting in that way, this is a pure reaction, which is just as predictable as following the rules. Doing the opposite of the rules is not being truly your own person. To find a deeply satisfying way of being yourself, you actually have to move beyond what your parents were trying to impose, if they were trying to impose something. You have to move beyond those kinds of ideas. You have to transcend them. You cannot just react to them and do the opposite, because that just keeps you just as imprisoned within the same system. And what we really find meaningful is transcending, so moving perpendicular. It's like a pendulum that swings from one end to the other. And what you actually have to do is learn how to climb the pendulum, not how to swing to the other extreme. Although swinging to the other extreme will be helpful because it will help you understand that dimension, that line, but then you will always want to move, transcend, find the perpendicular direction. You find it in Buddha or, or the person who came became Buddha. So in the beginning, he was very rich. He was a prince. And so he had everything. He had material goods. And we probably often hear that, well, material goods are no good for spiritual evolution because when the more materialistic you become, the less spiritual you are. So you should not be rich. You should not focus on materialism. And indeed, there are many problems with that. By focusing on materialism, we do get hijacked and it is problematic for our evolution. So what does that mean? Does it mean that you have to become poor in order to become spiritual? Well, well, Siddhartha Gautama, the man who became Buddha, did that. So he started with that. He started exploring that line, the opposite. Well, okay, I'll, I'll just give everything up. And he became very poor. And so the question is, now when he became really poor, was that what made him now transcend all suffering, which was what he was looking for. Not quite. That wasn't it. That was still keeping him within the same direction. So you always have to, after that, after maybe exploring the opposite, 
find the perpendicular direction of transformation. So this is the idea behind the make sense game. Can we train ourselves to automatically work in that way? Can we train our mind to tend to work in that way when we interact with others and with ourselves? After make sense mind, there is also make sense heart. And make sense heart focuses on our feelings and emotions. How can we connect? How can we connect through the heart? How can we develop greater love? Because love is that which unites. And again, here you have the dimension of love and perhaps fear. You, you could put fear on the other opposite end. And you could say, well, I'm all for love. I'm a love warrior. I'm going to fight for love. And I'll keep hatred and I'll keep fear at bay. But of course, that, that way of being is only going to keep you within the same dimension. So how do you transcend? How do you move beyond that? By using the same process again. You start by unifying. You start by opening. So you open up. So you open up to fear to any fear that comes up, to any hatred that comes up, to any limiting beliefs, anything that comes up, you open up to it and you allow it to be inside of you. So if you feel a fear coming up, what you do is you embrace it. See, when you embrace it, then that means that you are embracing it. Then you are not it. You are greater than it. And this is what love can do. It can accept and embrace and love. So this way you can actually take away the power that this fear might apparently seem to have. So you say, it's okay that you're here. It's okay to feel that way. This is fine. You're just okay the way you are. So you're opening up to the moment. You're opening up to what is. You're not fighting what is. You are accepting, opening up. And then you can transcend and see it from higher up. See it from the perpendicular dimension and realize that, hey, this fear is only a little part of the love because this fear is actually motivated by love. It works in a different way. It works through motivation instead of inspiration. But now by seeing that, you can move in a direction that is perpendicular and it no longer has any power over you. So focusing on learning to interact so that when you interact with other people you look for that you look for what matters you look for what unifies and you feel that you open your heart you open yourself in the interaction 
as opposed to closing yourself off and protecting yourself. After make sense heart, we have the final part, which is make sense senses. And this is because this is how we experience. Well, we experience through thoughts, we experience through feelings, emotions, and we experience through our senses. And so how can you have a more direct experience of what is? Again, how can you open up? How can you unify? How can you learn to feel that you are one with nature instead of feeling as an isolated meat blob trying to survive, trying to fight to survive? Instead, you feel like you are one with nature, a part of nature. By removing the walls we have around us when it comes to perception as well, we tend to move in the direction that is beautiful because this is what we will perceive. See, the direction where, where we understand things, where we get deep insights, moving into the direction where we improve our capacity to feel love and we open up to love and moving into the direction where we see beauty are the same. It's basically the same thing. You see, the more beauty you can see, the greater love you can feel automatically. And so by cleansing our perceptions, by opening up to perceiving in a more direct manner, we perceive beauty. And as we perceive beauty, we feel love and we can connect to others and understand others as well better. So they all work together because they are essentially one and the same in the end. But the game is focused in on particular aspects. So the, these are just practical things, practical games that you play. And the more you play them, the more you develop your ability to move into each of these directions. Now, the game isn't up yet, so I'm only starting to put it up. And it's not fully created, not all three parts yet. But if at some point you play it, I'd love to hear from you. Because any feedback I can get may be able to help me to create something that really works well that really helps us move in that direction in a way that is fun and playful. So these were some thoughts I had about what I've been doing lately and that was it for today. I'll talk to you in another podcast episode. Take care. Mm-hmm.